Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by Cheez-It and Pringles. It as is. always. As always. Mm-hmm. Tate, I, I, was, I just found out that my TCU Horn Frogs are playing in the Cheez-It Bowl, and it just it makes too much sense sometimes. There are moments in life where everything comes together, Synergy. and you just think, mm-hmm. how could this possibly make this much sense? And that is one of those moments when I saw people were tweeting at me, LaDainian Tomlinson holding up his Cheez-It boxes saying the Horn Frogs are playing in the Cheez-It Bowl. But we are brought to you also by Pringles. I feel like we talk too much about Cheez-It. We don't talk about Pringles, and there's a reason why. Someone asked me about this. They're like, is, is, are, we not sponsoring, are, are we not sponsored by Cheez-It and Pringles? The answer is yes. Um, it's pr- Kellogg's. Pringles, the, we need to talk to— Do you think th- this is the ultimate test for us? Do you think we can try to get Pringles to make an extra-large can for those of us like you and I with big hands that can't reach our hands into the cans? I'm more of a Cheez-It guy. Mm. That's why I always talk about my how much I love Cheez-It. Uh, but the Pringle, because I can't fit my hand in the You're saying the that they cans. have the, the, the golf cut of... Yes, to, yes. The, the Jared golf yeah, cut. Yeah, the Jared golf cut where you can just easily slip Dude. in and out, but for real people that have marketing big hands... Ge- marketing you know genius. I mean? Like, yeah. Pringles can make... We need the Jordan cut. They can, they can make a bill, a, the Kawhi cut. A mm. billion dollars if you come out, like, keep the regular line, but then be like, Pringles XL, and it's sponsored by all the athletes with massive hands. You brought him up, so I have to point this out. Did you see the Kawhi thing when they asked him about his favorite Christmas story? No, what did he say? He, you know, he doesn't have much to say. He doesn't, you know, like to give his personal notes. But a reporter after the game, they're like, what's your favorite Christmas story, Kawhi? And he just goes, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> after winning by 30 points, not right now. That's, that's, it looked like they lost by 30 points with his reaction. Right it's beautiful now. stuff. That's Love great. Kawhi. Uh, stock up on Pringles and cheese before the game because the best way to keep the team spirit high in your home is to keep the snack bowls full with Pringles and cheese it. Uh, we are also brought to you by Tate's doctor. Um, no, why? No, <laughs> not haven't haven't gone to one yet. Tomorrow. Oh, you're going tomorrow. Officially. Okay. What uh, I've learned in life is that if you are editing and you're hunched over looking at a computer for over three years at this point, uh, your back will get very upset mm-hmm. with you, and uh, you don't breathe properly. Uh, you don't do things the right way, and it leads to this. Yeah, the podcast Pain. we we have delayed it. It's coming. We're we're doing this on Wednesday. Uh, we we try to get them out on Tuesday. But Tate, uh, we we came to the studio yesterday to record the pod, and I walk in, and Tate is laying on the floor, and he can't move, and he can't breathe. And I it, had just recorded GM Street, and about halfway through, I'm looking at producer Jim, and I, he, I tell him I'm like, going to die. You look like Larry Bird, 1992. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. It mm-hmm. was it was a bad bad thing, and he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this fixed. Uh. So. You're gonna power through though. We're gonna right. What people on the internet call that is soft. I think that's mm-hmm. the term that they use. Yeah, we don't we don't care about your problems. The yeah. show must go on. Uh, so we are going to do the podcast. Here's what we're talking about. We we got back from Phoenix. We went to the game on Sunday. We were there. The, we were at that game. Mm-hmm. The game of the year in college basketball. Tennessee takes down Gonzaga. Uh, I want to spend a lot of time talking about this because Tennessee is my new favorite team. I'm I'm very I, what I've learned is that I'm very easily swayed. Which I I love whatever team I just saw. That's mm-hmm. what like Michigan was my favorite team. Michigan, get the hell out of here. I got a new love, and it's the Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that game. We're going to do a little good guy, bad guy, cow guy, um, and get into some other stuff. But first, Admiral Schofield. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, as we said, uh, had to take a delay on the pod. We're, we're doing it on Wednesday today. We apologize to all the people. Um, it is Wednesday, December I 12th. I, I tried to convince Tate that it would have been better content to have him just laying on the ground, grunting into the microphone, and let me 
But like, let me basically do a Rosillo podcast where I play both parts and argue with myself, and then you're just like on the ground grunting. And Tate was like, "No, that's mm. not that's not what our contracts say. Our contracts say I get to talk to." Uh, so we pushed it today. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> um, let's. I want to start with with the game we went to on Sunday. It was the game of the year in college. But first of all, are you in agreement with that? I keep saying it because I I think it was. I think this was better than Duke and Zaga game. Um, for me, this was the best game of the year in college basketball. The only reason that I will say that it is not the best game is because it was a neutral site, and we know that only real college ball happens on the road. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that's that's all we know. Road Warriors is what matters in college basketball. Neutral site games don't even count for some people. Graham Couch is going to come on the podcast and discuss later. Can't wait to hear that. Yeah. Uh, that's a little tease, folks. Uh, I would say it was the best game simply for Admiral Schofield, a guy that mm-hmm. we watched Tennessee play, I guess it was, what, like three weeks ago with Bill Simmons at his house. Right. While I was, Kyle and I were building his studio for his Sunday night podcast. They were and, playing, a, they were actually, coincidentally, they were playing the Gonzaga Duke game was going on. We had like the Tennessee game on the other TV. Yes. yes. And Bill Simmons was like, Admiral, what a great name. Oh, yeah. man, what a name. That's a great name. Yeah. And he lived up to the name. He did. Admiral Annihilation. It was beautiful. It was fun to see in person. And I've never seen two guys be so college basketball that it's almost... Yeah. It, it's it's It makes you like fill up with love just to see two guys that love the game of basketball, two guys that play college basketball. And, and what we said after the game was, we just saw a team beat Gonzaga at college basketball. Gonzaga, right, right. Gonzaga is a better, you know professional basketball team. We watched the pro game at the Maui Invitational between Gonzaga and Duke. This game, we saw a real college basketball game. Rick Barnes coaching his balls off on the sideline, telling Jordan Bone, just pass it. Pass mm-hmm. it right here to Admiral. He's wide open. And the best thing about it to me was Admiral was so bad early on. Like he just couldn't get it. He couldn't throw in the ocean early. He had so Five many, points at halftime, right? And yeah. Then he and scored then, 25 And then he just half. decided, you know what? It's time. It's my time. It's so my time. It was beautiful to see. Uh, you, you, you hit the nail on the head for me. Uh, this it, it's it's really hard not to get sucked into. I, I feel like every time I talk about this stuff, I I always people misconstrue what I'm trying to say, and that we like we love the NBA. I we really really like the NBA. I like you the ABA. I, yeah, um, I'm an ABA guy. We are we are the not, NBA stole all not, the good parts of the the ABA. We are not yes. anti NBA. Um, mm. so we are not. <laughs> uh, we we don't hate professional basketball. It's we love college basketball and and. But what I the one thing I do hate is people who try to make college basketball become the NBA. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't need to become the NBA. I what what what's great about college basketball is that it's very unique in its own regard. There's a ton of diversity in the way these teams play and all that stuff. And you brought up the great point that Gonzaga Duke was undeniably an awesome game. I loved it. It was a ton of fun to watch. Gonzaga gets a big lead. Duke comes back. Ton of talent on the floor. But it felt to me like an NBA game being played with college players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, just the vibe of it, the, the the pace of it, the 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 isolation stuff going on. Um, there's a lot of that going. This Tennessee Gonzaga game was unapologetically a college basketball game. It was physical. There was it was methodical at times where guys like you're passing, they're working the shot clock trying to figure out the best shot. Uh, there's a ton like I've never seen so much high post play mm-hmm. in, in like ten years. Have I, I, I Hachimura and Grant Williams was just basically the battle of the high post and battle I, with the elbow. Yeah, yeah. I, and like when's the last time you saw like the two best players on the floor are are owning the high post? Like w- w- it's been fifteen years since you've mm-hmm. seen a game like that. So uh, for me, it was like really cool because that's that's the that's I, I don't have I don't necessarily have a particular brand that I love the most. I just love that that. That that you can have a game like this and it can still be undeniably entertaining to where like even even the biggest NBA hole in the world was watching that game and they're like, damn, this is pretty good basketball. But you could also it, it wasn't good basketball because it fit, you know, pace and space and mm-hmm. that same style that the most of the NBA plays. 
uh, it had its own unique feel. That was what was awesome about it. And a lot of people that you know point at Schofield and Grant Williams and probably saw the highlights. They're like, oh, these are two small ball guys that shoot threes. They see Schofield right. hit all the shots. Right. And they're like, this is NBA basketball. What are you talking about? And the reason that those shots were open was because they kept attacking the basket. They kept getting in the paint. And Dude. Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield are the same guy. And and I have some stats for you. Grant Williams, and Admiral Schofield, they combined to average thirty seven point eight points, fifteen point three rebounds per mm-hmm. game, and seven point seven assists per game. And that's good. That, should, that feels that, like an understatement for how important they are to that. They should Tennessee win team. national player of the year together. <laughs> yes, put them put them together. Well, Grant that's Admiral. pretty good stats. Yes, for <laughs> yes, Admiral Grant. Um, they're so physical. That's I mean, obviously you look at them. That they're they're jacked out of their mind. They, it's the it's it's the the Winklevoss twins in the uh, uh, Social Network. There's what is he? I'm six six two thirty, and there's two of me. Never seen it. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that line is, whatever whatever he says. That's how I feel about. Wasn't those that two voted guys. the uh, best movie of all time by yeah, the Ringer? Most rewatchable movie. Oh, nice of all time. Um, that <laughs> that's how I feel about watching those guys. It's like for Grant Williams to me is has been the second best player in college basketball behind Zion Williamson. And mm-hmm. I don't bring up Zion Williamson because I just want to bring up Zion Williamson like all the other college basketball media do. I bring it up because objectively Zion Williamson has, has been the best player in the country. Um, but I think after Zion, Grant Williams has been the second best player in the country. And for Tennessee to have basically one Grant Williams is amazing. It's like they're going to be good just to have one Grant Williams on your roster. And they essentially have two with Admiral Schofield, who is basically Grant Williams on the perimeter that shoots more threes, mm-hmm. but has the same, like, just jacked out of my mind. Uh, like, people try to drive by me, and I just body them and knock them over, and it's not really a foul on me because I was just standing there, and mm-hmm. don't be a little bitch next time you try to drive on me. Um, they attack every rebound like their lives depend on it. It's insane, dude. Like, that, that was... I, I was so glad that we got to watch Tennessee in person because you watch them on TV, and you can tell they're physical. You can tell that... That 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 Williams and Schofield are basically like the Bash Brothers mm-hmm. from Mighty Ducks uh, when they're playing. But when you get it in person and you see like like every time out, I'm watching Rui Hachimura walk to the bench and he just looks like God, fucking damn it! He's like I, looking at Tilly. He's like, Are you going to play eventually? Yeah. My goodness, can like, someone else is, come in and I'm help me? I'm getting shit kicked out of me. He's yeah. like, I don't even know what the score is. Maybe we're up ten. Maybe mm-hmm. we're down ten. I don't really care. I know that I'm taking a ten hour ice bath after this game, and that was that was awesome to watch those guys just. I don't know. Go back and forth. And yeah. I think the main thing that we, you know, we're sitting there in the stands, we're talking to each other. Loose balls, and that shout out to Terry Pluto, another ABA reference, but loose balls is what Tennessee lives for. That's all they care about. If, if the ball, mm. if they slap the ball up in the air, right. they know that they're going to get they're the ball. They're getting it, yeah. Like, th- there's no question about it. They did that a lot. It. Like, Fulkerson, yeah. Fulkerson, Fulkerson, who I thought gave him really good minutes, uh, he didn't play well against Kansas. But he played well in Gonzaga. He did that a lot. Like a re- he's like, I can't grab the rebound, but I'm just gonna hit it up in the air because I know that. Well, he saw Mitch Lightfoot, have, and they did the Spider-Man yeah. meme at each other. Like, wait a second. <laughs> uh, he's like, I know if I hit it up in the air, we have we I have four maniac teammates that are just gonna like go rabid trying to get this ball. So we'll be fine. So he just kind of knocks it up in the air, and then then Tennessee and, always grabs it. And how many times in that game did we see Gonzaga get to eight to ten point lead, and it felt like, oh wow, it's over. Yeah, it, it, you know, like there were so many times, like okay, well, Gonzaga made their run. That's going to be the big push. But then they would, you know, timeout by Rick Barnes. You go to the bench. Tennessee never looked like they were actually worried about being down mm-hmm. by eight points. They looked like they were in control of the game. They were down the nine, I think, with six minutes left. Yeah, Gonzaga had a nine point lead with six minutes left. And they, and they make this whole run. And I think the most interesting thing to me, and the reason that I worried about Tennessee, and I think we talked about this. Uh, actually, forgot we didn't talk about this uh, in our preview. Of oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that always concerned me about them was that they didn't have a point guard. And we know, mm-hmm. and when it comes to March. You 
got to have a point guard. You got to have defense. Those are the two things to win. But Grant Williams is essentially their point guard, right? And he runs the entire offense when when he's out there. And he, you know, talk about being at the elbow. Goes to the elbow, can make the right pass, can can survey everything, make the shot if he has to. But they're third in the nation in assists per game. They average 21 assists right. per game. So it's not like that they're missing someone to facilitate everyone else yeah. around them. They, they know how to find guys. Jalen Johnson will come off the bench. They'll find him for a three. I, I, I just think when you look at that Tennessee team, they got the fourth in the nation in field goal uh, percentage defense, third in the nation in assists, like I said. That is what you want if you're going to make a real title run. Right. And when you watch that game, I mean, even after the game, Schofield's like, it's December. They, they have all the right answers. We went to the postgame press conference. Everything they said was like, a coach would dream it up. You know what I mean? What The, the answers yeah. that they gave, he's like, you know, Coach Barnes has never beat a, a number one team, so we wanted to do that for Coach. And then, you know, the, Rick Barnes like, I had no idea yeah. that that we I had never done that. I yeah. coached so many guys. I, I, forgot I forgot more about basketball than you'll ever remember. You know what I mean? I, I really liked Tennessee after the game. was Like, I watched them play basketball. I said, wow, I really like this team. I Again, I've it, they're essentially the same team as last year. I've seen them play enough. I kind of thought I had an idea, but this is the first time I've seen this group play in person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I as soon as the buzzer sounded, I was like, wow, I really, really before the buzzer sounded, I was like, shit, I really like this Tennessee team. Then they win. I'm like, I really like this team. And then everything that happened after, I was like, okay, now I fucking love these guys. Mm-hmm. Where Schofield runs into the stands to hug his dad, who apparently surprised him showing up at the game. Yeah, he had no idea. He, had, he told yeah. him he was going to come, he but he, co- yeah. he had no confirmation of it. But then right. he saw him in the stands. Like, and right he just after runs the game. up there. Yeah. And not only does he run up there, but Grant Williams like chases after him and like hugs him. Mm-hmm. And then they like, hug their family and they're hugging. And then Schofield does an interview with Sean Farnham on ESPN. And he says, like, I came back to Tennessee Basically, just because I want Rick Barnes, I want to be one of Rick Barnes' favorite players. That's mm-hmm. it. He's like, I don't care if I scored 30 points, 20 points, 10 rebounds. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. What I want is I want Coach Barnes to be like, Admiral was one of my favorite players I ever coached. And then he goes in the locker room and Rick Barnes is like crying, talking about how <laughs> proud he is of Admiral Schofield. It's like the whole, the whole damn thing. I'm like, this is, how do you root against these guys? You I really can't. And then the, the one thing that someone may say that's a naysayer or a hater or whatever you want to call him. Schofield and Grant Williams are in the stands. People are like, oh, well, they seem like they're sore what winners. What about Ron Artest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How come, how come when Ron Artest goes in the stands, it's a problem, but when Admiral Schofield goes in the stands, malice, double standard much? This is no malice <laughs> in the palace, but they run down, both of them, together. Uh-huh. They sprint down because uh, the Tennessee guys or the SID, whoever it was, was trying to wave him down. He's like, come down, yeah. you got to shake hands. Come down, you got to shake hands. He's trying to do a PR move. Those guys ignore him. They sprint right by him. They go right to Mark Few, Grant Williams, and Admiral and still Schofield. Shake his hand. They shake his hand. They talk to him. They Ron congratulate Artest him on the game. Ben Wallace's hand <laughs> that night. I guarantee you that. And that's why college is better. Mm, mm, mm. That is very true. Nobody shook Larry Brown's hand that night. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, it was a. It, it just it just showed in general what college basketball is supposed to be. I think yeah. it was a template for what it what it could be. I guess that's my point. I like know. I don't. Every see. time I every time I get excited, like I don't. I always have to like preface it by saying I'm I don't want to be like an old man that's like I'm not ripping on the NBA or anything like that. Like when I say I love that that this is a uniquely a college basketball experience that those it's not it's not a bad thing that the the NBA guys would wouldn't do that. There's like in a regular season game, LeBron is not running into the stands to hug his family. anybody. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> it's not like wow, did you hear this? See that shot. Uh, and that's not a you know maybe that, it was it's like not a knock on the NBA. It's just run up there when people it. when people. It's basically my way of answering the question of like, how could you possibly like college basketball? Are are you guys stupid? Do you not understand that these players aren't as talented as the NBA thing? I point to moments like this where it's like you you can't you can't fake this. You can't you know the, 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 it just can't happen unless it's a three star recruit playing for a guy who was fired from his job and then goes to Tennessee and he's like, I'm going to trust these three star recruits 
to bring me back and they're trusting him. They're like, should we really play for this guy that just got fired? Hasn't been to Sweet 16 in mm-hmm. like 10 years. It's just, I don't know. It's, and, and they just trust each other for three years and then it all comes together nicely and I'm, I'm very excited to see what Tennessee becomes. Which is very interesting, just a, a large grand scale of how college basketball is talked about. Uh, you know, a lot of people are pointing to Coach Cal and the struggles at Kentucky. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But, all of the one and done blueprints, even even yeah. getting a guy like Rui Hachimura to go to Gonzaga and getting these these blue chip prospects, that's what people think that you have to do to win in college basketball. So then when you see Admiral right. annihilate the idea of that and play a game that was all about conviction, all about the fact that he refused to lose that game, they should have lost. Grant Williams fouled out. Right. Their best player fouled out. And we're looking at each other. We're like, man, that sucks. I mean, it not only did it happen in the Kansas game, it happened in the Gonzaga game. I, I don't know it, what, what this will lead to. There's no way they can win with Schofield. And then he banks in a three. He's yelling at the crowd. And you're just like, this guy refuses to lose. And and that's, that's the, I think that is the difference to me between an NBA game and a college basketball game. And not to say that NBA guys don't do that and talk shit and say, right. you know, I'm going to win this game no matter what. But the... The look on that man's face, Admiral Schofield, and how much passion that he had about doing that for Rick Barnes, his coach. Right. I don't think you're going to see Russell Westbrook saying, I did that for Billy right. Donovan. Right. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it just, that's the only difference I would say. There's more. It just feels like there's more love in in what's going on, which is basketball is a game of love. We love watching it. We love seeing and playing it. So I don't know. That That's really the difference for um, me when you look at that. I want to talk about Grant Williams more because Schofield, because I, I felt like Grant Williams had the better game up until like, the last when three he minutes. out, yeah. Like as soon as he mm-hmm. fouled out, Scovis was like, "I guess I'm just going to start. I'm, I guess I'm going to make everything for the rest of this game and win this for us." Um, but Grant Williams was playing out of his mind. Uh, he he was again. Maybe I'm just projecting how I felt about the situation on to what I was watching, but I felt like he was frustrating Hachimura on mm-hmm. both ends of the floor. Um, Hachimura didn't play terribly. He wasn't no. as good as he usually is. Um, but he, you know what he did in that game, Hachimura. He said, I'm tired of driving to the basket and getting Yeah, hit. that's what I mean. He said, I'm going to take these little jumpers at the elbow because I don't want to get in the middle Grant of Grant Williams, is, it was, he, he fouled out. So, like, it's it, it, it's going to be weird what I'm about to say. But he's so good at at fouling without fouling. And then he obviously does foul. Um, but they, they, they play so physical. Like, he, like Hachimura is trying to drive on Grant Williams. And there's one play where Grant Williams just, like, throws his chest at him. Mm-hmm. And, like, no ref's really going to call that a foul. But he kind of fouled him, and he's like kind of roughing him up, and I it's it's little stuff like that that was, and you could just see Hachimura was like, "Fuck, I, I guess I can't drive that way." How about and eleven minutes left to go in the game? Yeah. He has three fouls. Hachimura gets the ball right there. It's going to be what you would expect to be an easy dunk, and the reason that he goes up for the dunk is because he says to himself, he does the calculation of Grant Williams has three fouls. There's right. no way he's going to go up with me and try to block this. Yeah, so I'm going to dunk it. I'm good. I'm in the clear. Everything's going to be okay. Grant Williams jumps up and blocks the shit out of him. Right. And he looks yeah. at him and he's like, yeah, I would have taken was, my fourth foul <laughs> right. just to let you know how I feel about you I don't you right care. Now. I will go down with the ship. Exactly. That's what it yeah, takes. it's the Titanic. It's and then beautiful. he he's on a, and then when he plays, all, he's so fun to watch offensively too, Grant mm-hmm. Williams. He's he's basically like. He's a smooth operator. Yeah. It, the, the way he gets angles. He, he His whole thing is like, I want to make you think that all I am is just a physical, I'm pushing everyone around in the paint and that's what I do. And then it's like the defense thinks, all right, that's what that's what he does. So I'm going to start pushing. And then they, they get into a sumo wrestling match. They treat him like Selinger. And then, yeah. and then he crosses and him then off and like, dunks on him. He's like, see you later. Got I'm going you, back bitch. I'm going to turn and face and hit this jumper. I'm going to step out and hit threes. And you're like, yep. what? I wasn't ready for this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is too much, Grant. You're doing too much now. He's, he's basically... Honestly, like you brought it up, so this is your thought. Um, I'm gonna have you back it up, but I, mm. I, I give it a more thought. He might be just like a better version of Hansborough. Oh yeah, he is. He is Tyler Hansborough. I'm, he so, is a six foot eight guy that they can run everything out of the post with him. 
Except for Tyler Hansborough, all he did was go, <laughs> and then just like throw it over his shoulder and it would go in. Grant just, Williams is catching it. He it knows the feels, geometry of the floor. It feels he, dirty to say he's better than Hansborough when Hansborough had like one of the greatest careers of all time. I'm not but, saying he's better than Hansborough. I'm saying he's better at what he has to do for his team. Tyler Hansborough okay. had Ty Lawson, Wayne Ellington, Danny Green, all these other guys around okay. him. Grant Williams is a one-man band, and then he has Admiral Schofield to come in and you know do a little solo on his own when he needs to. But for the most part, he's running the game yeah. himself. I mean, it's... To me, the reason that Grant Williams is perfect is because not only will officials like him in the tournament, which I think mm-hmm. is a big thing. Like, I mean, he he got a foul call on him one time. He runs over the official and he's like, good call. Yeah. You know, little stuff yeah. like that, it goes a long way because a lot of that stuff is done by coaches. You see Mark Few do it. You see Coach K work the refs. You see John Calipari try to work the refs. Right. doesn't work so much. But players that are smart enough to do little things like that, it, it bodes well in March. I mean, I'm not to say that that's going to be the difference, but it could be. It could be the difference between him fouling out Same of a game and Schofield. not fouling out. Like, both yeah. those guys are so well-spoken and so, like, personable. And so they're, they're I don't know, man. I can't say enough good things about them. They're very easy to cheer for. They're, they're great dudes. They love each other. They love their coach. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's, it was a great moment. I was so glad we got to be there, um, especially because now we can talk about how we were there for the rest of the season. And let's be quite <laughs> honest. It wasn't a bad loss for Gonzaga. No, let's, yeah, let's talk about Gonzaga a little bit. Because I yeah. think a lot of people after that game, they're like, well, see, they aren't the number one team in the country. And to that, I say, you're mm-hmm. an idiot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really. I mean, they are one of the. If they are not the best team, they are one of four best teams in the country. Yeah, yeah. And I think Tennessee is probably in that four right now, but just the way that they're playing and the way that they play together. I got my four. I have uh, Gonzaga, Tennessee. I think Duke has to be in there. Virginia, Nevada. I think Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan certainly. Yeah, that's a that's a so, solid. That's my top, top four. four. That's yeah. a solid top All, four. Those, those, All I think of those, those seven teams. are in my top four. Yeah, yeah, the, right the, those, guys, those guys will be great. You <laughs> know? My Dick Vitale pressure. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, oh baby. <laughs> I can barely Every breathe team just trying to do a Dick Vitale impression just hurt me so I can't believe he's still uh, doing it so the one thing I will say about Gonzaga that that was a problem in this game uh, was there was a little bit of of passing the baton on whose turn it was to, to score it was like like Kispert NBA comes out basketball yeah. yes Kispert comes out he's he's hitting threes and then he starts missing or and it's like alright Kispert you're done now it's Hachimura's turn Hachimura mm. and then Brandon Clark gets hot in the second half it's just, and then Norvell's like, hey, well, guys, what about me? And he starts hitting shots, talking shit to Schofield, and he had that good little back and forth for a little bit. But it never really felt like a cohesive thing that was, you know, and the, the best case scenario is you, you spread it around and guys are hot all game, but they're not shooting every time down the floor. But it sort of felt, and that's kind of what killed him in the end. I mean, mm-hmm. their, their last field goal, I don't think they scored a field goal at the under, after the under four timeout because they just kind of like Norvell took some really stupid really shots. Really bad shots. That, that took three a really that he stupid took, shot. Yeah. Um so th- that that is I don't know how much you want to be super concerned about that. Like part of it is I guess that's the double edged sword, right? Like part of what makes Gonzaga so good is that every single guy they put on the floor, when Tilly comes back, and and shoot, even Kispert has the capacity, but basically when Tilly comes back and with Kispert, they basically have six guys who could light you up for 25, 30 points at, at a moment's notice. Um, where it wouldn't surprise you. You mm-hmm. know, like Gonzaga plays Carolina on Saturday. If Corey Kispert scores 30, are you shocked? I mean, no. you'd be a little surprised, but like if I told you he hit seven threes and scored 30 points, you'd be like, It would be what know, Perkins did to them right, in the title right. game. Same, the same with same Perkins, thing. who goes mm-hmm. 0 for 6 in, in this game. So that's the double-edged sword. It's like you have that, but then on the other side, you also have these guys that are like, 
I, I want I got to get my points here, and it's my turn. And that there's a little bit of that. I'm not super concerned yet, but we should point that out. My only concern is Perkins because I, I think, and we were talking about this after the game. It's like Perkins has now become Nigel Williams Goss of the 17 team, where he is a facilitator. But the, the difference in Williams Goss was when it went ISO. He could get a bucket. I mean, granted, he did in the title game. He got blocked by Kennedy Meeks. But for the most part, mm-hmm. throughout the season, he could go in and get a bucket when he needed to. Perkins in that game was doing the Rodman where I don't want to score. I just want to get 10 assists. Yeah. And, or nine, wanna, he had nine assists. He was 0 for 6 from the field. Yeah, And the shots that he took, I mean, it, it didn't even feel within the flow of the offense. I don't know if that's just him, the, the learning curve of being the facilitator, being the point guard. I mean, because he's a great shooter. He's basically right. what Norvell is now Dude, is what he, he used to be. I still, I still wake up in the middle of the night with nice sweats thinking about him in the PK-80, what mm-hmm. he did to Ohio State, and I think it was Texas, and I forget who else they played. But he, he hit like... He had like 18 threes in like three games or something. Yeah. It was it was absurd. Like the guy was nuts and you're and and now he doesn't even shoot. It's weird. It is weird. And I don't know if it's that's a like weird. a is that a few decision? I don't know. But that yeah. comes back to college basketball, which is interesting it's the, because it's not like Josh Perkins isn't going out there by himself and just saying, you know what? I'm not gonna shoot today. I'm just gonna start passing. Do you think the it's like around. an NBA thing where it's like he he thinks he has more best, value. Yeah, his like best shot of getting to yeah. the league is if he proves that he can run an offense and facilitate. I hope not. I hope not. Um, We've seen worse things. Any other thoughts on this game? My only last thought before we get to good guy, bad guy, cow guy, cow's guy, uh, is that being in Phoenix is very weird for college basketball. And when you Mm -hmm. see the Grand Canyon crowd, it gets even weirder. Oh, hold that thought. I have I have I have some thoughts on Grand Canyon that are going to play into the good guy, bad guy. Let's do it. Yeah. So let's get let's just get into the segment. Um. We we start as always with with the good guy of the week. Uh, do you want to start with your pick? You want me to start with my pick? I'll start with my pick. Okay, because, who's your good guy? Because I don't want to get too in the weeds here. Uh, good guy of the week for me is Coach Cal, Blue Collar Cal. Ooh, who John is, Calipari? Uh, John Calipari, and I think uh, a lot of this comes down to the fact that uh, you know I saw him, and this is a very good guy move. When you lose a game, you go to God. Yes. So he goes to the cathedral 24 hours after losing to Seton Hall in a neutral court. Uh, He's praying up. He's like, what can I do? I'm trying to reach these kids. These kids don't want to be guys. They just want to be kids. And how do we know this? Because he tweeted it. Yes, and he he put it out to the world. Uh, He also wished Eric Bledsoe a happy birthday, one of his favorite players. Uh, But but in general, just looking at this team, and uh, I, I saw a lot of people, Megan Calipari, this all got picked up, that people were tweeting at her, you know, like, take out Reed Travis, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Like, if you're dead, all this stuff. And, you know, she's like, look, I have nothing to do with that. And then it became like this big story. Yeah. So all the Kentucky fans are, you know, the vitriol is turning on Cal. People are saying that he may have worn his welcome out in Lexington at this point. Ooh. That, that is, uh, people are tired. The fatigue is what they're talking about. The fatigue of Coach Cal. Is that and Jeff the Teague's brother? <laughs> Marcus <laughs> Teague, yes. Yeah, that's what they call Marcus it. The, the Marcus Teague factor. Uh, so much, so Jeff much fatigue. Teague, Marcus Teague, and fatigue. Fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Great player. Uh, really good point guard. Likes to pass it. Um, but when you just look at that situation with Coach Cal, I think I find it very interesting uh, that he is was so excited going into the season, and he was so amped about this team, and then they just got hit in the mouth, and they haven't been able to recover from the yeah. whole thing. And I don't know. I know Kentucky fans. I went on the message boards, as you can imagine. Right. Every single person I saw in there that was anti-Cal, a lot of people defending him as always, uh, they were just like, I'm tired of learning about a new team every single year. So they're an- I will not go to Rainbow Land. You will not make me go to Rainbow Land. That's what they were saying, yelling stuff like that. Uh, they're going crazy. 
going crazy about Coach Cal. And I would say this. I think that they have a team now that they do know more so than they have in the past at times. I mean, people know who P.J. Washington is. Yeah, people but that's know. the problem. They do. And exactly. So so that argument doesn't make sense to me. I know. You know it's what I mean? All, so, so it's like you're using the wrong argument against Cal. Right. I, I think it's, not, it's, I, it's just a very odd This recruiting class is like yeah. one of the worst that he's brought in, right? It's exactly. The freshmen are... are so it's Kelvin. He's, he's trying just, to go back to... It all goes it's back... It's an identity crisis. It goes back it to the Bahamas. When it came out, the Tyler Harrow slash Hero was the best player in the Bahamas. And then, like, we should have said red flag. We yeah, and then like have. a week later, it comes out that they do, they do the pro day, and his body fat was like thirteen percent. Mm-hmm. And I just I was like, this is not going to go well for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. This is this is a problem. And yeah, as it turns out, good guy of the week, coach good guy Cal. of the week, coach Cal. But when it when it rains, it pours. Tate, it's not. It's it's you haven't even gotten to the best part. News breaks today that Quaddy Green might be transferring. Is potentially considering the idea of transferring, and the only thing holding him back for making it official is Coach Cal promising him that he will have a 30-point game soon. <laughs> and he's still... And Quaddy's like, Quaddy's like, I really want to transfer because this is not working out for me. But Cal said I'm having a 30-point game and I would really hate to leave now and have that 30-point game be like, like maybe it might be against Louisville this year and I could be a legend. So should I stick around? Should I leave? I don't really know. I would honestly bet my life that Quaddy Green, if he were to ever have a 30-point game, it will be in Chicago at the United Center against North Carolina. Against North Carolina. I would, I would bet my life. He shoots <laughs> seven of seven from three and they win the game and Kentucky's back. Maybe this is... Whoa. Maybe Cal's playing 40 chess. This is how he gets the 30-point game out of Quaddy Green. Quaddy wants to transfer. So... But he... he 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 waits. He backs off. He's gonna wait until like the end of the semester, and 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 so he basically decides he's gonna keep playing, and then he's gonna play basically thinking like, who gives a fuck? I know I'm transferring anyway, and he's gonna play just completely fearless, and that's how he gets a thirty point game. I believe it. I yeah. think it could happen. Also, Is that he knows he's out, so he's like, what do I have to lose? I'm just gonna jack up shots, and he's gonna play out of his mind. And you're also Coach Cow, and you're looking around, and you're surveying the landscape, and you say to yourself. I could coach the Bulls. Should uh, should speaking of guys transferring, Villanova loses to Penn last night. First time Penn has beat a ranked Villanova team, I think, in thirty years. Javon Quinterly on Instagram on a story says second choice for a reason. Is that what he said? Yes. Yeah, and then he deletes it. It's a big <laughs> story. <laughs> Who could have seen this coming? Javon Quinterly gets a. Tr- I thought he got. I think he got a trillion last night. I think he played one minute, and and it's it's a problem. He's not playing well though. Like the Villanova fans are like. I, I actually, I don't know what Villanova fans are. The college basketball fans are confused as to why this man isn't playing. But then if you watch him play, he's actually not that good. But then you watch Villanova play without him, they're not that good. So mm-hmm. it's like, why not just let him be not that good with the rest of the team? And he's looking uh, at Gillespie. He's like, this guy's starting over me. Can we just set up a deal where Quaddy Green and Quinterly just switch places? Because Quaddy gets his five-star. Yep. yep. Cal gets his five-star. Quaddy mm-hmm. Green's like a great Jay Wright, Villanova. I can work with this guy. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, you know, he he's he's yeah. Can I ask you <laughs> about Jay Wright and just the perception and the way the media handles Jay Wright? Because I find it very interesting that he has a five star guy, right, who is not playing. And as someone who, you know, has inter- rooting interest in a school that does have five star guys that, you know, don't play as much well, as people should, would like. And, brag some more. and it becomes, you know, a big guys. story. Must you know, nice. that, that oh, you don't yeah. play five star guys. That's like the biggest thing. It's like, how dare this coach not play him? What what an affront to college basketball not mm-hmm. to play this five star. Yet Jay Wright, a guy who doesn't necessarily believe in five stars, in fact, when they went on their little downturn and turned two five stars, uh, and now it's happening again, but no one no one is going at Jay Wright. No one is going at Villanova. No. I think everyone is <laughs> anti-Quinterly. So I think that is sort of the frustration probably from his side of things where he's like, 
Why is Nazir Little getting all this hype that he should be playing more? Why is, you know, insert five-star guy, why is, uh, wh what's his name at USC? Uh, Porter. Porter. Why is yeah. it Porter, you know, get it, you know, people are saying that Kevin Porter should play more and yada, yada, yada. And no one's saying that about me. And that's because people don't expect Villanova to have five. People might not even know he's a five-star guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that is sort of the perception that he has. And with the internet, Instagram, Twitter, all this stuff, these guys read everything. They read they the message boards. Because what people Google themselves, it's life. That's what Aziz Ansari says. Do you everyone, Google yourself? No, God, you do I'm, not. You do we're not. We're the only two people that don't, but everyone else does. You definitely yeah. don't want to Google me because you will see a lot of bad things. Hmm, interesting. That people say about me, oh, not, okay. not that I have done. Just <laughs> yeah. bad things that people say you about me. My curiosity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Reddit, terrible place. Speaking of USC, did mm -hmm. you have anything else on Cal? No. Or is it my time? It's your time to do the good. This was actually like my good guy was supposed to be Coach Cal. You're trying to get it out of the way. Yeah. My good guy of the week is Andy Enfield of USC. Uh, we also went to Staples Center on Friday uh, after we, we did the Jeff Goodman interview, which, by the way, if you haven't listened to that, go, go listen to the previous podcast we did. We, we talked to Goodman. He was fun. Uh, we, had, we, had, we had a fun time talking to him about LeVar Ball and th the whole scoops game. Uh, <laughs> but we go down to Staples Center. Uh, I, 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 I will be honest. I skipped the first game. Didn't miss much. St. Mary's beat the hell out of New Mexico. Don't mind that I that I missed it, but I got there in time to see the tip off. My TCU Horn Frogs first game. Mm. I I was watching them as a fan. First time I've been a TCU fan. I was watching them play. They win by thirty five. They beat us now. Porter did not play for for USC. He's got the quad thing going on. Um, there it's 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 weird. Like it started as like he was like sort of benched attitude thing, and then he like has like the quad thing now. And who knows what the hell is really going on there. Be that as it may, TCU was favored by two points in this game. So, like, even if you want to say the reason that USC got absolutely destroyed is because uh, Porter wasn't playing, to that I say false. Uh, they still have Benny Boatwright. They still have Thornton, who was good once upon a time in high school when? or something. High school. He was in, like, eighth grade. <laughs> Whatever you say. They still have guys on the team that should be able to play, that have should have some sort of pride. I have never, and I, I, I don't, this is not hyperbole. I can never remember a time in my life watching a power conference college basketball team playing uh, in person and and seeing uh, I'm, I'm doing Sean Miller right now, aren't I? Qualify, <laughs> yeah, qualifiers yeah, no. here. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen in a, December in December at the Staples Center mm -hmm. against TCU uh, <laughs> quit on their coach like that. Like it was it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in my life. And like infield, say what you want. Like the players, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on at USC. I, Spoiler alert, I don't follow Pac-12 basketball this year that closely. We did our West Coast pod yeah. and over the summer. Mm -hmm. I flushed it out. I was like, <laughs> I, I don't have to deal with that for the rest of the season because mm -hmm. it's going to be irrelevant. Um, but my God, like you just look over in infield, he's pinching his nose, like the the the, the pinching in between his eyes, that part of the bridge of your nose, I suppose mm -hmm. I, I should describe it as. Uh he he just looks frustrated. He he has no, and the guys are they're throwing the ball all over the gym. There's turnovers every which way. They had and then they're down like thirty something. And the guy at the very end of the game goes up for the dunk and like basically rolls his ankle and the ball hits off his face and goes out of bounds. And that was that was the USC experience in a nutshell. So my good guy of the week is Andy Enfield because the funniest part about it all is as I'm walking around Staples Center and I'm seeing other people in college basketball media and I'm basically like, have you ever seen anything this embarrassing that these guys are quitting on Andy Enfield? Like my God, is Fred Hoiberg? Or is Eric Musselman taking this job? Which one is it going to be? And then they all, every single one of them to a man are like, oh, come on, man. Infield's a good guy. 
It's 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 the best bit we do, by the way. Good guy's so perfect. He is a good guy. <laughs> He's he, a good guy. He is a really good guy. Everyone likes him. Everyone around the program. I went to that uh, the second half of uh, Nevada, Nevada, whatever you want to say. Nevada people tell me it's Nevada. I've always said Nevada. Whatever. I went to Nevada USC second half, and Andy Infield. Everyone there, all the USC people, were like, "We really like Infield. He's yeah, such a he's nice a, guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. Kids love him. What, what, whatever, whatever. He's also lost to every team that USC has played. It, they have. You realize that right now in, in this moment, mm-hmm. USC has zero wins over teams ranked in the top 200 on Kim Palm. 200. That's like basically all of fucking college basketball. To defend Andy Infield, I use his, Zero own, wins. his <laughs> own quote. He said, it was a neutral court. <laughs> how far, in Los Angeles. How far is, I mean, it is what, 10 minutes at yeah. most? And that, you know, that uh, seven tenths of a mile from campus is where they played at Staples Center. And he said it was a neutral court. He also called it a mental toughness issue. Um, and then I came up with a nickname for him, the snowballer. Because every Ooh. single thing, it just seems to get worse and mm-hmm. worse and worse with time with Andy Infield. Going to be Andy Outfield very soon. Uh, he is the snowballer himself. Every single time I get built up on, hey, I kind of like this USC team, you know, maybe two years ago. I'm like, I kind of like what they can do. Yeah. I, I like some of the talent that they have. Oh, they got O'Bannon. That's cool. He'll probably mm-hmm. play. Nope. Uh, Benny Boatwright, I like his game. Nope. Oh, they're uh, getting Marvin Bagley because they offered the entire family. <laughs> Nope. Uh, nope. You know, so so every single time that I kind of get hyped back in on USC because USC should be good at basketball. We've seen the precedent there. I mean, mm. people remember Harold Minor. You know, maybe it's the minor effect over time where we continue to hype these guys up and they're not as good as we think they are. But mental toughness is basically soft. So Andy Infield is saying his team is soft. He's trying to get them to play harder. But what is the motivation behind it? I mean, I, I don't, I don't really see that team buying into what he's no. doing. Oh my god, I, no! I, I can see him getting fired in the middle of the That's season. What, I can't wait for the. I tweeted this. I can't wait for USC to play UCLA because it is going to be, it, it's going to basically the, a contest to see who can quit on their coach first. It, that's basically what's going to happen. The first moment of adversity is going to happen, and both teams are going to look at their bench and be like, "Coach, can we just quit?" They, they might not even play the second half. They might just like reach a mutual understanding at halftime. None of us want to be here. We we all hate our coaches. Let's just quit. Just walk. It's gonna be like the 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 South Park bullshit where the the little league thing where they're trying to lose on purpose. Yeah, that's gonna basically the bad, bad. be it. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what's gonna happen with UCLA, uh, USC. So anyway, any infield is my good guy of the week. Uh, absolutely embarrassing performance, but at the same time, how about those TCU Horn Frogs, folks? Looking first good. in the country in assists per game, the TCU Horn Frogs and Alex Robinson individually first in the country in assists per game. They're actually really fun to watch. I'm 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 like buying in. I'm really buying in. And they they made me a jersey on the the uh, on Twitter. They made the graphic of of Titus 34 jersey. Mm-hmm. Which the funniest part about that is that there is a guy that wears 34 on the roster right now. So they kind of were like insinuating, "Hey, come play for us with your fifth year of eligibility. We'll get rid of this." You should have gone and tapped him on the bench and said, "Take your jersey yeah. off." That's that's mine. mine. Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, please, please, sir. Uh, moving on. Uh, time for bad guy. Mm. Uh, who Tate is your bad guy of the week? Can we do yours first? Do you then, want me to do mine? Yeah, okay. do yours first because yeah, okay. th- this the, is this is you right, have no, you no. have a event a thing that right. is your I was bad just guy. Trying to be, I have a guy that is a bad guy. Yeah, I was just trying to be courteous and let you go first. Uh, I I will gladly go first. My bad guy of the week is the entire existence, the entire idea of Grand Canyon University. Mm-hmm. Um, the second game in GCU, Phoenix. TCU. The second game in Phoenix after the Tennessee-Gonzaga game was Nevada versus Grand Canyon. Uh, And I don't even know where to start with this except to say that Grand Canyon is the most obvious cult I've ever seen in my life. Um, It's... No one can... No one can convince me otherwise that this thing is not a cult. Um, 
they they bus in all these students. So first of all, the Grand Canyon is in Phoenix, so it's like not that far. For it's not like crazy that all these students came to the game because it is right down the road. It's but 20, it is twenty it, minute drive. It's a neutral court though, so yeah, but it you is can a neutral never court. promise that they will uh, come. But there were what, what would you say uh, fifteen hundred students, maybe two thousand students at this at the game. But they were there for the Gonzaga Tennessee game, and they're the, all these. The, the Grand Canyon has a student section for the. They're the only school that has a student section. Mm-hmm. All the other the other three schools playing in this event did not have students there. They're the, they they have like two thousand students in the student section. And they are doing like cheers and chants and shit for the Tennessee Gonzaga game. Yeah, they're doing like the free throw shit where they put their arms up and then like the ball goes in and they do their like whoosh or whatever, whatever the hell it is. They have no vested interest in this game but, at all. They're also just doing random chants out of nowhere, like U G L Y. You ain't got no alibi. Like you know what I mean? Was, You're like, what is happening over here? They are. They they're the best high school student section. It was in, a pep rally. College basketball. That's what it felt. That's like. really what it was. Yeah. It's like it was. I've never seen anything like it in my life. It was obvious. Leah Colt, they the, the music they're playing like EDM at every time out. Yeah, and I, I swear to God, every single one of those kids is on Molly. Yeah, they're, they're rolling their face their fucking off. minds. They couldn't even stop moving. Like the the music would it was die insane, down, dude. and then they would just keep. They're just like, I, where's trying, the, when's the beat I, coming back? And I'm, and I'm asking around. I'm like, how does this happen? So I've heard of I've heard of the Grand Canyon student section for a few years. Like I've it's it like since Marley got hired, and they they kind of like have built a thing there where where I, I remember they, they've got a few home. I remember Louisville played there one year, and and it was like a they gave Louisville a good game. I don't think they won. I think Louisville still won, but it was a pretty good. It was like mm-hmm. back when Louisville with Bettina was there and they had good teams and stuff. Um, I love that you say that like it was so far removed yeah, from like back, reality. Back in, the like, day. back in the day when Rick Bettina, <laughs> folks, you remember? Uh, <laughs> oh, I remember. So I've I've been aware of the student the student section, but it is unlike any other student section in the country. Um, in that I I don't understand how this came about. And the only explanation I can come up with is a cult. Like every other, Kansas has a great student section. Indiana has a great student section. Duke obviously has a great student section. There are a lot of these schools with great student sections. They also have won national titles. They've like in the fifties, well not Duke, but uh, they've, they've, they're blue bloods. They've Mm -hmm. been around. It's Mm -hmm. like institutionalized. It's passed down. It's like you're indoctrinated. You are going to become, going to Indiana. You're going to, lose your fucking mind when they beat Purdue. Like, this is this is part of who you are. Or you're going to Bob Knight lose your mind yeah. and choke somebody when right. you lose to Purdue. You never know. Um, but Grand Canyon was like, just suddenly someone snapped their fingers and they're like, let's just have a kick-ass <laughs> student section and, and basketball program and and university. And it's it's it was a for-profit school, apparently, up until like last year or something. Uh, I don't, I haven't figured out exactly how it all works, but there is, uh, there's some massive bag dropping going on there that has led to this, and uh, that's why Grand Canyon University is my bad guy of the week. And the bad guy that you were pointing to and looking at was the man that the Classic was named after that they were playing in, and mm-hmm. that's Jerry C., Jerry Colangelo. And Jerry Colangelo, for people that don't know, he is a, I mean, instrumental figure in all of college basketball, all of basketball at large, really. I mean, going back to the Suns and everything, we're in his section. We had no idea it was a section. It was completely empty. The game is about to start. We're about to see Tennessee Gonzaga. This is at the Jerry Colangelo Classic. Jerry Colangelo nowhere to be found. This is the start of the game. That's a bad guy move. Not even don't even care uh-huh. about this game. He only cares about his bag team, Grand Canyon. Whatever. We're in a section. We get kicked out by the Grand Canyon people. They're like, Jerry's sitting right here. Jerry will be here in 15 minutes. You know, kick this out. It was, the, it was the UCLA lady from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like, where, how are you here? And she's like, I hate it, Steve Alford. So I'm a Grand Canyon <laughs> fan now. Uh, <laughs> Jerry Colangelo paid me to be a Grand Canyon fan. <laughs> I'm actually he an actor. Me. Uh, how are you? Uh, it, anyways, Jerry Colangelo doesn't even sit in that section. So she lied to us. It was just a bunch of like random Grand Canyon people uh-huh. that he put there. Gave them some shirts to wear. Uh, Colangelo comes. He sits basically by himself. 
Uh, we walked by him one time. Uh, I tried to look at him in the eyes. Didn't see anything of note. Just bags of cash through those eyeballs. That's mm-hmm. all I could see. Uh, but I just want to put together Michelangelo theory for you. And this is one okay. of my favorite theories that I've I've put out into the world a, a few times. But maybe personally, I don't know if I've ever done it on the podcast. Jerry Colangelo went to Illinois. I didn't know this. Played basketball at Illinois. Okay. Illinois is not in the Jerry Colangelo Classic, so I, I don't know how that came about, but that whatever. Is curious. Go curious. on. Curious. When did he turn on Illinois, Mark Titus? Hmm. Don't worry, I have the answer. Okay. 2005. He turns on Illinois in 2005 because he thought that D. Brown, Luther Head, Roger Powell, they're going to win the title. That was his team. He loved them. Loved Illinois basketball. It was like, oh, five. I thought you were going to say he wanted them to beat Carolina because he's a Duke guy. Because he's in bed. Or is this where you're going with this? Well, let's see what happens from there. So 2005, this is in March. Actually, April. Let's say April 2nd. Can't remember the top of my head. Let's say April 2nd, 2005. They lose to North Carolina. Tight game, 75-70. Sean May wins player of the year. Jerry Colangelo says, fuck that. That's what he says to himself. He's like, never again will this happen to any team I'm involved with. I'm changing everything. What does he do in June that year? Uh, He gets, you know, picked to be the director of USA Basketball. What does he do a month later? Hires Coach K. Whoa. What does he do after that? He's like, you know what? Uh, this is going really well. Coach K is getting all the kids. Carolina is not going to win games anymore because Coach K is going to take over. Yada, yada, yada. Time flicks by. Carolina players aren't making USA basketball anymore. He's cutting everybody out. 2009, Whoa. 2009, guess what happens? He gets pointed as chairman of the Basketball Hall of Fame, which also sponsors this classic, Jerry Colangelo Classic. Guess what happens? Guess who was never in the Hall of Fame? Anyone from Duke. Ever. Never in the Hall of Fame. 2009, he gets pointed. Guess what he decides? Well, guess who needs to be in the Hall of Fame? Grant Hill. I guess we'll just put Grant Hill in the Hall of Fame. Oh, my God. This goes all the way to the top. It goes all the way to the top, Jerry Colangelo. That is my bad guy of the week. This man took a personal defeat at the top in the title game in 2005, and he said, you know what? Not not on my watch. If Sean May doesn't foul out Illinois' entire team in the 2005 national title game. Jerry Colangelo is not... Running the Jerry Colangelo Classic. He's probably playing golf in Scottsdale. Coach K doesn't become the coach of the USA men's basketball team. No. He doesn't sell his soul playing the one-and-done game. No. Grant Hill doesn't get into the Hall of Fame. No. Oh, my God. Are Colangelo. You, so, Sean May is... Re, you're, what you're basically saying, if I understand this correctly, Sean May is directly responsible for two Duke national titles. No. Rashad McCants. About to be three. Rashad, Rashad McCants. <laughs> That's who we're putting it on. You know, we gotta have a fall guy. You gotta have a fall guy. We, yeah. got, we got a star and we got a oh fall guy. Oh my god. Wow. That's juicy. So that's my bad guy of the week, Jerry Colangelo. It was so crazy to see him in person. You have no idea, like a younger version of myself. It was so crazy to see him in person. Like I, I used <laughs> what does to, that even mean? because that man was a man that I could not stand as a, <laughs> as a young man. And I've grown and matured and I've become objective over time. But my goodness, that mm. I used to not like that guy. What is, to, what to is, be at his event and see one of the best games of the season was a nice little full circle moment for me. So I was like, you know what, Jerry? Move on into uh-huh. your life. What is his connection to Grand Canyon? Like he's friends with the guy. Who's, he's friends with the president of Grand who, Canyon, who's yeah. his boy. So he was like, you know what? I got an idea. How about you make some money, go for profit, change it to GCU that looks just like TCU, TCU. Wear yeah. the purple, chant GCU just like TCU, and we're gonna get you the Jerry Colangelo I will Classic say, uh, every it, single year. I, I mean, I feel like I've come across as harsh on the the Grand Canyon people. Like what you got going on there is awesome. It is cool. It's it's just. Uh, I would liken it, it's like the Grand Canyon student section is basically the Cincinnati Xavier game of mm-hmm. college basketball where mm-hmm. it's like these people that that live in that bubble are like, this is the most insane fucking thing on earth. And then they step out of their bubble and they're like, 
hey, hey, you, the person that's outside of the bubble, look at this. Isn't this the most insane fucking thing on earth? And the person's like, what are you even talking about? I didn't even know that existed. That's pretty much the Cincinnati Xavier rivalry. Yeah. It's like people and 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 Jerry Colangelo have Bogwan. no idea that it's even they're going on. They're just looking at the Bogwan and they're yeah. just like worshiping him. They're whatever he says. Whatever but it doesn't, he says, but it doesn't you, matter. Like the people that are in the bubble are like, this is, yeah, it's the Bogwan. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. Also, I, oh, I, if God. I was Dan Marley... And I knew that these players or, or these fans are going to be, you know, acting wild, probably on some sort of substance. You just got to make a little juice that says Marley secret stuff, mm-hmm. pass it around throughout, and just has a little bit of Molly water in there and just get them going. Get them riled Dude, up. Absolutely. Let them roll. It's all, I, I was so annoyed by the students, but that's the point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, it, like I, I was like, they kept doing these chants, and I'm like, my God, this is annoying as hell. And then I realized... It's exactly why you do it, because if I'm annoyed, imagine what Caleb and Cody Martin are feeling. They out were there. very annoyed. They were very, very annoyed. It was like annoyed. the NC State yeah. fans were against yeah, them for the exactly. first time. They were like, what the hell is this? So it was awesome. It was working, and also the, the they have the the cheerleaders actually lead the cheers. That was what's cool. It's like the cheer, like most places, the cheerleaders just kind of like <laughs> smash their pom-poms together, and that's it. But like at Grand Canyon, the cheerleaders turn around like, listen, motherfuckers, this is the cheer we're doing. Let's go. Let's defense. get it. Defense. The whole place is like, let's go. Defense. <laughs> and then a timeout happens. It's like, <laughs> like all the fucking people are. <laughs> oh, God. What an experience that was. Uh, so shout out Grand Canyon University, Jerry Colangelo, our bad guys of the week. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on out there in the desert, but. There's it was a lot, lot of fun to be there. With the bag dropping going on at Arizona State. You got Bobby Bags at Arizona State mm. getting getting Dort. Uh, you got Grand Canyon <laughs> going on, and then down south in Tucson. Uh, my God, what a time to be a bag dropper in the state of Arizona. Well, not for Sean Miller. Great, it great it seems like those bags are drying up. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll finish the segment. Do some Kyle. We'll talk. We'll do a Kyle guy update. There's a little bit of an update with Virginia, um, and then we'll we'll wrap it up with some other thoughts. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. It is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. SeatGeek hopes you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. Tate has the SeatGeek app on yep. his phone. We use it for everything. We use it all the time. It's a great app. Best of all, OSP listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code OSP today. That's promo code OSP for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. But wait, Tate, there's more. We're also brought to you by Bombas. Thanks to two years of research and development and multiple improvements in design, performance, and comfort, Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet with an arch support system that provides extra support where you need it most and cushioned footbed that's reinforced for comfort without added bulkiness. Bombas feel like a hug around your foot. Not Mm. to mention Bombas, here it is, Tate, your favorite part, the stay-up technology, ensures that your socks stay in place without ever leaving a mark, and the super soft cotton material makes you never want to take them off. So whether you're a runner, a power walker, a power lounger, a power podcaster, there's a pair of Bombas that'll add comfort to your life. Go to bombas.com slash shining. Use the code shining for 20% off your first order. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash shining, code shining, and you'll get 20% off your first order. All right, Tay, we got two more segments to do here. Uh, well, one more segment, two more sections. 48 uh, minutes yeah, in. Yeah, 48 minutes in. <laughs> this is why people love this. People love good guy, bad guy, Kyle guy, Kyle's guy, Kyle's guy. 
guess. <laughs> There's too, too many guys. Um, a lot of guys. Uh, uh, Kyle got update real quick, very quickly. Virginia beats VCU. Mm. Rivalry game, right? Mm. That is a rivalry game. Yeah. Is Virginia, Virginia Tech the real rivalry, right? And then is VCU like Butler is to Indiana? Like, like VCU is to Virginia what Butler is to Indiana? I don't like to speak for what? people in Charlottesville, but I will say... But, but go ahead and speak for people yeah, in Charlottesville. I feel like people in Charlottesville and Virginia fans at large, they view themselves at a different tier than the other... Oh, they're like second-class... Like, VCU yes. is like second-class citizens? Same with Virginia yeah. Tech. Like, they yeah. just are like... I mean, sure, you're our rival, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I think if you actually press them on it, they'd be like, well, I mean, I guess it would be the South Solis rivalry, so it'd be North Carolina. But it, not really, because, again, Virginia yeah. is better than everyone else. Right. So, therefore, right. there is no rivalry. for There is no they, equal. Yeah. we. Y- you should be thankful that we allowed you onto <laughs> yes. our grounds. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the East Lawn. Usually, you usually have to be a third year to step onto <laughs> the grounds, uh, but you... We are welcoming you strangers onto the grounds, and mm-hmm. you should be fine with that. Mm-hmm. We are not. Yeah. Um, anyway, quick update. Uh, Kyle Guy gets 15 points, six rebounds in this game, uh, which, you know, the Virginia factor, you have to— what, What's the coefficient for Virginia? You have to multiply it by, like, 1.8, 1. 1. Something 9, like yeah, that, yeah. Something like that. So, so like, that, 29 points. Yeah, he'd be basically at 29 and 12 yep. uh, in this game. Um, but Kia Clark, the the five nine point guard for Virginia. A lot of people telling me that they rem- yeah. he reminds him of Muggsy Bogues. Get a lot one of, of those people is Tony Bennett. Did he say that? Yes. Oh, that's, wow. I have the quote. He says this about Clark. Maybe this is he why. Made, he about made me jump out of my shoes when he got that 10-second call. Our staff said, I've never seen anybody do that on an individual turn. And I said, I have Muggsy Bogues. I said that I used to play with him, and he used to do that to people. I thought that was terrific. But nice little subtle move by Tony, by the way, to say I used to. Play I was with at that him. game. Yeah, I was at that. I played. One, in that I was game. at that game. <laughs> Two, I played in the NBA. Don't forget that, people. Um, Great Hornet. He's averaging, but Clark is averaging twenty eight point two minutes for Virginia. Uh, a lot of people haven't been watching Virginia this year. They played a shitty schedule. They're kind of flying under the radar. Also, we've we've talked about it. The UMBC thing. People are kind of out on them until they're you know maybe maybe they give Duke a good game and now people people start talking about them. But for the time being, no one's really. Keep it around Virginia, but what Clark has done is by by bringing the ball up, he's allowing uh, uh, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy to play off the ball, and and you know, they got the movers and the blockers, right, Tate? We got mm-hmm. Jack Salt out there grabbing his nuts, blocking for people, and then uh, Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy are running around doing all the scoring, and DeAndre Hunter um, is doing basically everything. Uh, <laughs> so we're a little worried about this, right? Like that Ty Jerome's going to go back to the point guard probably, or maybe Kyle Guy. I don't know. But but that that was what Clark was doing. It was like working well for them. So um, anyway, he's I, I like Ty off the ball, but I also like in situations where in crunch time he had a big three in that game. Where if, if you just basically you're going up the court tie ball game, it's you know tie ball game. Let, yeah, tie Ooh. ball game. Fifty two. Can we start that? Let, yeah. let, let, let's give that a little bit of, of room to breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start that with Virginia fans. Virginia fans love us because we're the only people that talk about them and actually like tie them. ball game. Tie ball game. That's your new thing. Is Jerome is burning. If the game is tied with like under four minutes, it's hashtag TY ball game. It's ISO time. It's ISO Jerome. Give him the ball. Let him take the shot. He wants to take the shot. He's gonna make the shot. And if he doesn't, he's gonna say, you know, you know, shoot or shoot. Fuck it, I didn't want to pick it. It's a lesson, you know? Learn a lesson. Not my fault. Kyle guy's like wide open. He's like, Did you not see me? He's like, No, I didn't. Oh, it's always the bucket. <laughs> I meant to do that. I meant to miss. <laughs> uh no, so uh Clark is he's he's averaging twenty eight minutes a game for Virginia. Uh it's it's he 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 hurt his wrist. I think he played with the he 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 hurt his wrist like two games ago and then he played in the, the VCU game and then he is now getting surgery on that wrist and um so if he yeah. misses the tournament game that's like what I'm DeAndre saying. Hunter, then we can just say I mean they didn't have Clark. Justin Anderson <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh man, Justin Anderson still hurts me. Yeah, his was the wrist too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of wrist problems. So there's your there's your uh, Kyle guy update. Kyle guy had 15 points, and Virginia uh, he might have to play a little more point guard. Him and Jerome now. Um, Moving on to Kyle's guy. Kyle is not here. Our Mm. producer Kyle is not here. He's with Kevin Durant. He's with Mm. Kevin Durant. Uh, Bill. So the Bill Simmons podcast, they threw some sort of connection. I don't know how they pulled this off, but they got access to Kevin Durant to do a pod with him. Um, so go check that out, by the way. Go listen to Bill talk. I'm, I'm curious to see what they would talk about. Um, this is Bill part six. Oh, is it? This is the. One. I thought this is the first one. I think this uh, is the first time. This is the first one of without the, me. Yeah, yeah, without you. Mm-hmm. So it's really part one. Mm-hmm. So people this that are complaining, yes, yes. people that are complaining that they've heard this podcast a lot. Mm. Shut up, because this is a new podcast. This, this, this does not have. Tape, Can I just right? point out? Kevin Durant said in another interview that every time people go to his house, he makes them watch Jordan highlights. Mm. That's not true. So did they do this? I at, wanted to watch. Jordan did they do highlights. this at his house? Because uh, we'll, we'll have to ask Kyle if he. Anyway, crazy, crazy thing about that is he sold his house between ep, <laughs> part four and part five in Oakland. So uh, who knows? Interesting. Mm. Uh, anyway, Kyle is not here. <laughs> he's he's in San Francisco or Oakland or wherever the hell. He Oakland. Is. Oakland. Okay. Um, He's up there doing that, uh, but we have we Bill's have, probably bad. Kyle's probably riding in a car down here. So we have Craig here doing Thanks, our Craig. podcast for us. Craig, uh, do you want to do you want to fill in for Kyle for Kyle's guy, or should we do like a should we do a teaser? Craig, say something interesting or funny so we uh, know that it's worth it you being on here. I tried to look up if there's a Craig guy. There's not. So oh, there's no Craig guy. There's no Craig guy. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So we'll we'll do Kyle's guy in Kyle's stead. Uh, Kyle came to Staples Center with us. And basically, because we need to talk about this game as well, is, yes. is, is kind of why we're doing this. Uh, when Kyle, Kyle came to the game with us, Nevada versus Arizona State at Staples Center, and he originally fell in love with Remy Martin, right? Just because of his name? Yes. That was pretty much it. Yes. And then Remy Martin was horrible for Arizona State that game. And then Kyle was like, I don't know about this guy anymore. And then Caleb Martin takes over the game, and Kyle was like, I think that's my guy. He's so like, at was, least it's a Martin, you know, not so, the Remy yeah. that you want. Probably like a knockoff Remy Martin is a Caleb Martin. So let the record show that Kyle's guy for this week, for those of you keeping score at home, Kyle's guy is Caleb Martin for Nevada f- for his performance in the Arizona State game. Which should, do you want, should we spend a couple seconds talking about this? The uh, the Nevada, just Nevada in general. Your thoughts on Nevada, your thoughts on Musselman, your thoughts on, you, you, we saw Nevada play twice. We saw them on Friday. We saw them on Sunday. They're still undefeated. Many people are saying, they might run the table. I'm not saying it. I'm not. Don't put the jinx on me, uh, people listening. I'm just saying many people are saying they have a chance of running the table. Mountain West is terrible this year. It's very interesting to me that uh, you see all the numbers about the chance that they have to run the table. I think the ESPN whatever index BPI, BPI. Yeah, Marquette's number four in the country. <laughs> but then they have they have uh, they had Nevada slash Nevada as a 1.8 percent chance to go undefeated. Uh, if they beat really? Arizona State, something crazy like that. Someone sent me, and then the Kim Palm is like seventy-seven <laughs> percent. So like, that's why all those like numbers. You know what I mean? You got to show me the formula. It's like it's, it's, uh, it's like if I'm in math class and you just show me the answer. What like, does I, I want to know how you got there. What does Nate Silver say? Uh, um, how, what, what are the people? In Hillary Lo- is going to win. <laughs> <laughs> what do the people of North Carolina say about? The chances of Nevada go. What are the polling numbers in North Carolina when you pull them asking about will Nevada go undefeated? What do those numbers say? Lock her up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they were saying. Uh, talking about Isn't Nevada. Isn't it 50-50, by the way? It's either going to happen or it's not. Exactly. It's, it's, and, yeah, and who cares regardless? They're going to have to go to the tournament and it doesn't matter if they're undefeated. Uh, Eric Musselman, the must bus, as we like to call him this podcast, he said after that Arizona State game, which is one of my favorite quotes in coaching, obviously a tale of two halves. Obviously. This man's life is a tale of two halves. You it know is. what I mean? He, and I'm talking legitimately in life. You know what I mean? He went from like coaching the NBA to like 
you know, gets fired, gets let go. Mike Lombardi brings him in, gives him an office at the Raiders while he's trying to figure his life out. A lot of stuff going on. And now he's running college basketball, doing it differently, differently than everybody else. So differently, in fact, that people are trying trying to point out the transfer rule as the problem with college basketball, not the kids getting mm-hmm. paid by Adidas. That's how He's under Coach K-Scan, <laughs> that, obviously. That's how good of a coach he's been. Uh, and so I came up with a name for him. It's not the must bust. It's the sandbagger because he's a sandbagging son of a bitch. Ooh. And he goes into every single game and he says, oh, you guys, you guys are playing great over there. Bobby, Bobby, you're doing a good job coaching. You got a 12-point lead. And then he comes in the second half and he just blitzes them. They he blitzes down. every single yeah. team. He did in the tournament. He, I mean, the only time I think it didn't work was in the Mountain West tournament when they lost to uh, was was San, Di- San Diego State. Hey. Oh, yeah. They oh, lost Craig, his- Craig went to San Diego State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout yeah. Out Craig. That's the one team he knows. <laughs> they, they, f- they were there like 34 points in the first half of that game. And obviously 34 points is pretty hard to come back from. And they lost that game. But uh-huh. every single other time the must bus goes down, he rolls back in the second half and makes it happen. They just ran out of time against San Diego State, exactly. honestly. It's a great That's way to put it. They were, down, they were down 11 nothing at Grand Canyon, and I, I put this on Twitter um, that it was funny because we I was we're watching the Grand Canyon fans losing their minds as they're building this lead, and they're up 11 nothing, and they're they're going crazy. They're like, holy shit, are when we When will the beat drop? When will the beat drop? He <laughs> <laughs> was like, man, these guys love basketball. I was like, god damn, I want to go back to college. <laughs> How about the guy in the band game? that just couldn't stop moving? <laughs> <laughs> He just started playing his instrument. I've seen crazy student sections. I've never seen anything like this. It's like people just feeling their faces and just like <laughs> tears rolling down their face. And then <laughs> it's a double rainbow. And then halftime comes and they just like all stop. Yes. And they just sit there like they robots. Don't, they don't have a peep. And then and there was the this. Sun- <laughs> about, there was this one lady at the top. Literally, there's no one in the upper section. It was blocked off. There's one GCU fan who is doing all these movements up top, and then she would stop, and everyone else would stop. And yeah. and we were like, what if she's just like the one GCU fan, and the other people are just robots? You know what I mean? Yeah. She's in control of all of them. It's like Westworld. Yeah. Yeah, to visualize this, folks, it was there's nobody in the upper deck. Literally nobody except mm-hmm. one fan standing on the front row, right behind the student section underneath her, and every movement she does, like the whole students are doing it. Yeah, that's exactly what was going on. In unison. It was, it was kind of freaky. <laughs> yes, it was terrifying. <laughs> I don't even remember why I brought... Oh, they, they were they were up 11 nothing, and they're going crazy, and I said, they they obviously have never seen Nevada play because this is only going to end poorly for them. You don't want to get a lead. If you're up 11, you're down The most dangerous 12. lead against Nevada is being up by double digits. Mm-hmm. That's the most dangerous lead in all of college basketball. You don't want that to happen. The best thing to do against Nevada is to trail by three at all times. And then win, and then steal it at the end. That's my strategy. To all you, all you coaches listening in the Mountain West, do that. Do not get a big lead against Nevada, or it'll it'll be the dumbest thing you've ever done. Here's my NCAA attorney numbers from Musselman. During their 85 minutes of game action in the tournament, Texas Cincinnati, they led for four minutes in 24 seconds. It's hilarious. That is insane. They, they were won. down 22 to Texas. We all remember. They, they were won. down 14. To Cincinnati. They're they 2-0, won. baby. That's all that matters. And and that is just what they do. That's who they are. I don't know how you can get a team to completely buy in like that. Just it, to know that you're going to come out. It was funny to leave in Staples Center. I was walking behind some Arizona State fans, and they were just like basically recapping all the numbers. And they're just like, <laughs> we were up 12 with a minute left. We, we, we lost. Like It wasn't even close at the end. And then what? And it was it was pretty fun. But uh, Arizona State, I like Dort. Mm. Dort is a real deal. Lugans Dort. Lugans Dort. Lugans Dirt. It sounds like a he, said, he said dirt. Lugans Dirt. dirt. Oh, it's dirt. Lugans Dirt. Lugans Dirt. Mm-hmm. Lugans that, Dirt sounds like a word, like a German word for something. It's like it, Lugans Dirt is like when you're experiencing, I don't know, ecstasy. <laughs> That's what the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lugans Dirt. The Grand Canyon. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're in a state of Lucan's dirt. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, he's he's great. I mean, I I mean, coming into the season, Bobby Hurley was like, this guy is something else. I can't wait for everyone to see him play. Yeah. And he lived up to the bill. I mean, oh, he's awesome. He yeah. was Kyle's he's guy. Really, yeah. If Arizona State wins that game and they're not playing. Muscleman, then uh, then he is obviously Kyle's guy because right. we watched him play. Kyle was going crazy over him. He wears zero agent zero. I like that. Uh, Can I, we get like a muscle yeah. bull? Mu- we should get a muscle bull going where Eric Muscleman's the coach. Lugans Dirt is there. Like Admiral Schofield's there. Grant Williams is there. Mm. We, we just get all these guys who are jacked, and Muscleman is like Zion. Yeah. Z- uh. On on the right days, yeah, Zion would be. Well, there. we got to bring that Duke photographer with him. Oh just yeah, to make sure the right that we can clean it up. Airbrush yeah. him mm-hmm. beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he'd, he'd, he'd look nice. All right, any other shout outs before we get out of here? You you got a big one, right? This is your big yeah, shout well, out. Well, I I mean, yeah, I I I have it written down here. Yes, um, Graham Couch from sixty five AP voters. We talked about yes. this before. We want to be one of the AP. We want to get to sixty nine. He has caused a stir on the internet this week because he apparently like it's his thing that he doesn't rank teams that don't play true road games or something like that. Uh so he 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 has this hard and fast rule with how he ranks teams and he did not rank in his AP ballot this week uh Kansas who is the number one team in the country. He did not rank Duke who is the number two team in the country and he did not rank Tennessee who is the number three team in the country. He didn't put him in his top 25 at all. He also did not put in number eight Auburn in his top 25. He also yeah. did not put in number 11 Texas Tech in his top 25. So uh, it was a big deal. Like he, he he writes a column apparently uh, that he explains like why he doesn't do this and it was ratioed to high hell. Um, so I, I, I quote tweeted from the OSP account and I said, open invitation if you want to come on. And then he chirped back and was like, anytime. Um, so I feel like we should probably call him because I don't want to be a coward and, you know, like I was just kind of doing it as a joke, like, Hey, you should come on the pod and talk about it. And then he said, sure. Now we look like cowards if we don't have him on. So, um, should we call him? Let's call Graham. All right. Joining us on the line is a man who has basically all of college basketball in a frenzy right now. Um, he, he's got the people upset. Tate, Tate and I actually aren't that upset. I no. noticed he has Carolina at number eight in his poll, Ohio State at number 10. Mm-hmm. I don't really mind. I thought it's a great poll. But the rest of the country is losing its mind. Uh, it is Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal who f- has famously this week not put the top three teams in the AP poll in his ballot. Um, Graham, are you a troll? I think that's the first question. Is this just like a troll job from you? No, what's 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 kind of weird is the irony of it is this started because of Duke last year, and a couple things. One, the 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 idea of writing a column about it and the, the explanation was several years back when I was spending all of my Mondays responding to people on Twitter, and a buddy of mine who works for the Athletic now just said, "Dude, write an explanation column every week, and you can just tweet the link at anybody who's asking you, and you can save a lot of time." So I started doing that in, in previous years, and then. With this, last year there was a, I did this exact same thing last year with a lot less uh, hubbub. And it was, I think Kentucky, Kansas were both left out last year. Texas Tech was again. And I mean, Gary Parrish didn't come after me last year. I don't think it was as big a deal because it didn't wind up being one, two, and three, which yeah, that's the... ended up being a little inconvenient this week. Yeah. And part of it last year was Duke played a game at Boston College and lost. Mm-hmm. And I watched the way holsters there the rest of the voters punished duke for a game that i thought was i think it was a sellout at chestnut hill i think that you know it was uh a game that was a wound up being a really tough game and i'd seen nevada play last year before everybody knew what nevada was and 
They played four of their first eight in true road games. And it was just sort of like these other teams aren't even doing what they're doing. How do you evaluate them against this? And I've always been somebody who loves or values road games uh, over everything else. Okay, and so explain. It just sees the so, so, so yeah. to answer your question, that, that not a troll intentionally. No, it was it was just it's, it's a principle of covering the sport at multiple levels and, and valuing road games. Well, so help us understand this. So th- this is the premise is that you basically are saying that until a team is played on the road, you, they don't exist to you. They're dead to you. Is, do I understand that correctly? That they, they might have... a certain point, right. Yeah. You give them a month, you give them 10 games, so, whatever it is, correct. Okay, so uh, how, how do we rationalize the Arizona State inclusion, which I'm sure has been brought up to you, that Arizona yeah, State has not State played on game, the road yet? But it, it's the intent of Arizona State, right? They have the game okay. against San Francisco scheduled. Uh, air quality situation with the fires in California. Game doesn't get played, so I kind of gave him a pass. You can argue it either way, though. Okay, so then I guess the follow-up question then becomes, what about teams like Virginia, whose only road game was at Maryland, which was mandated by the ACC Big Ten Challenge? They did Like, Tony Bennett did not go out and schedule that game. That was the conference telling him, you will be playing at Maryland. And you put them in your poll. Uh, you also did the same with Nebraska, whose, whose two road games are at Clemson, which was mandated in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and at Minnesota, um, which was a conference game. So d- does that factor into it? I, I, we're trying to understand this. That's all. Sure. Yeah, no, Americans coaches are bastions of fairness in my book at the, at the high major level, but they're, you know your, you know the games that you're probably going to have on the road. I guess you don't know your ACC Big Ten Challenge games entirely, but you know if you're a conference, if you're going to play a couple of conference games early. Duke did last year, for example. And so to me, if, if you've got that on your schedule, even if it's mandated, you know it's there. You shouldn't have to make up for it elsewhere because what's important to me is that you've been on the road and tested yourself, not as much how it happened. You said, uh, and this is to quote yourself, you said, to avoid playing on another team's campus altogether is a sin of cowardice. So with that in mind, is, Coach, is Coach K a coward? I love it. Yeah, see, that's all we need, Graham. Absolutely, that's the right that's answer, like, Graham. That's how you. That's Graham. That's how you win people over. You just say Coach K is a coward mm-hmm. over and over, and th- that should have been your column. You should have just been like, I don't want to argue about anything else. I just want to say Coach K is a coward. Coach K is a coward. That's your headline, and you wouldn't have a single person called you a troll. Um, so, <laughs> what is the plan with Duke then? Because Duke does not play until like, aren't they the last team in the country that plays a road game? Yes, a true road game. Yeah. Yes. So, you're, you're, I assume you're just not going because then you would be the coward if you rank them before they play the road game, right? Or you're or you're just not, not going to rank until they play at Wake wow. Forest on January. So next week, for example, um, a man that a knows a way to your heart. Tate. Tennessee <laughs> will probably be number. Yeah, Tennessee plays this week at Memphis. Kansas okay. plays on the 22nd on the road, so those teams will start to come back in the poll. Duke will not be in until after January 8th. Is there anything outside of the uh, the road game situation with Auburn, too, with Bruce Pearl? Is this is this like a anti-Bruce Pearl thing? Because I saw a lot of people say that uh, AP voters don't like Bruce Pearl in Auburn. Or is, is this yeah, just... I get, I get nothing against yeah. Auburn basketball. I didn't, you know, Auburn, until Bruce Pearl, barely had a basketball program outside of <laughs> Charles Barkley. It's, it's certainly, Auburn basketball has not been something that's been the forefront of my mind very often in life. Are are there any other factors that go into this? Is it like um like like Duke when they do play on the road, they are only going to play in the Eastern Time Zone? Uh, do, do we do we favor teams that go out of their time zone? Is that something that comes up? The teams are going across the country to play these road games. That Ohio State, I mean Ohio State had to go to Creighton. That's a that's a time zone away, Tate. They had to set their they had to change their clocks. That's a lot of adversity they went up against. Which is you know Graham acknowledged that put them in the top ten. Uh, is that something that goes into this? 
It is not really. Oh. I mean, it's, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm certainly I'm looking at different schedule, quality of schedule, how difficult your schedule is. It all factors in. But to me, the only baseline after a month to be considered is that you step foot on another team's campus and play the game. All right. I got, I got one more question and, and I'm telling you, you might have one more, but uh, this is a question that no one is, has, has, I guarantee no one has asked you. Uh, how would you rank the teams that you didn't rank if you had to rank them? If between Kansas and Duke, question. yeah, it's um, a great question. I would, thank you. I would put, uh, I would probably put. That's, that's tough because I did not actually evaluate. Only only watches road games. I would probably go Tennessee one, Kansas two, Duke three. Right now, okay. I don't know. The one thing you know, the, I don't. The one thing is, I, I really like, even though uh, Gonzaga lost that game. I mean, I, I love what I love the game against Duke. I love that they went to Creighton, mm-hmm. and the way, even though Creighton got really hot early, the way they avoided that, you know, that upset on the road. So I, they would probably still be in that among that uh, trio somewhere. Um, I'd have to figure that out. Mm. Have you had a lot of Texas Tech fans get upset about Chris Beard not being in your polls? That that's a bit of a Not joke, a lot, because, yeah. Well, so there was a couple in particular, but we went through this last year with Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. So Texas Tech was one of the teams that I did not rank basically this week last year because they hadn't played a road game. So there, I went, out, I did some show last year with them, and they were kind of appeased by understanding that there was no penalty once they played a road game. Like it's not like you got to climb back up the pole over anything like that. It just and, and so that that I really haven't heard from them all that often. Okay, so if it, well, hold on, what what about like a scenario where you know how Kansas plays at the Sprint Center and they call that a home game for Kansas, but it's not actually at Allen Fieldhouse? Does that count as a road game in your eyes? Yeah, that's no. A, that's uh, no. Okay, okay, <laughs> interesting. <at> <laughs> Ooh, interesting. Okay, we're getting closer to understanding this. What about like uh, Duke played Kentucky in the Champions Classic, and a lot of people were saying it felt like a Kentucky home game before that one. Eighty uh, percent Kentucky fans. Big Blue Nation showed out. Obviously, that one doesn't count as a road game for Duke, even though Coach K Correct. would say yeah, it's a road game. Neutral, Coach I mean, K is still a coward. Duke's record last year for <laughs> a neutral site in home games is twenty-three and three on the road at six and five. Road is just so different. I covered a Michigan State team uh, a couple weeks ago in a neutral site game against Texas, where Texas kind of blitzed them early with the, some athleticism, and they were rattled. And you saw a lot of poise in a neutral site game. It's easier to do that. A week later, they're at Louisville, true road game. The poise isn't there. It's just it's just different, mm-hmm. and the momentum swings are different. And it, it's I mean I, I get neutral site games are where the NCAA tournament is. I get neutral site games are still important. They're impressive. They create a lot of great matchups. But so almost everybody else is going on the road. You got to go on the road at some point because so much is kind of proven there. I'm with you. You're winning me over. I think every game should be played on the road. Mm-hmm. I think you should find a way for every single game to be two road teams. <laughs> On the somehow. even if you're at yeah, home, just yeah, like challenge your mouth outside. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got anything else, Tate? No, that's good. I, 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 I appreciate okay, you. I have one more final question. This is the, actually the final question. Uh, Tate and I, uh, the easiest way to get up, we will, we will. You don't need our help. You, you're writing your college. You're, you're attacking the Twitter trolls just fine. But if you need our help, if you want us on your side in this, the easiest way to do that is to help us get an AP vote, and we will get out there. We will. I, my promise to you, Graham, is that if you help us get an AP vote, we will join in unison. We will and, keep Duke off our list. Yes, and That's not rank sure. Duke with you. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we go about this? How do how do the two of us? I, I will see. I'll see what I can do. Because okay. I've been trying to get rid of my AP vote for years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take your vote. Is that what this is about? Is like I don't. <laughs> yeah, you just keep messing it up until they take it away from you. That's perfect. This is year four for me. It's supposed to be a two-year term, and this is year two of term two, I guess. And so. Uh, 
if, if I can find a way to dump it, I'll, I'll, we, I'll see if I can. We will dump it. We will. We're, we're going to try a different shape. We're inspired by you. We're going to like try to spell out words like the first letter of each team as you go down the list, like mm. spells out a <laughs> sentence or something. Like, I don't know. We, we're going to get creative. Yeah. But, Furman's number one for me right now yeah, on my board. Yeah. <laughs> and then Utah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Most uh, impressive road wins. That's what I care about. Um, you are a pioneer, Graham. We, we thank you for joining us. Uh, we, uh, you know, we, you didn't have to do this. You, you, you bravely get out there and, and attack your and, and face your critics. I mean, so um, thank you for doing that. And also face your fans like us. And and thank you so much for saying Coach Casey Coward. That's really what we needed most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Take All care. right. Take care, man. All right, Tate. I am, I'll be honest, I'm left with more questions than answers after talking to him, but I at least respect one, that he's sticking to his guns, and two, that he called Coach K a coward. Coach K is a coward. And and three, he said, he straight up said, I do not want this AP vote. So like, Also, all on the record, you know? You can't, yeah, on the record. Mm-hmm. We learned that from Jeff Goodman. Mm-hmm. If you say it on the record, it's on the record. And he said it on the record. Um, You can't, you can't like knock the hustle. Like if you're trying to get rid of your AP vote, of course you're going to do this, right? So yeah, you can't be mad at this guy, right? I don't know. Yeah, just mail it in. <laughs> I think he should take our 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 idea of doing the uh, of spelling a, a word out. He should do that. He should just be like, "Screw you, Twitter." That would be all. How many letters is that? Is that twenty five? Yeah, we'll do the math. We can we can figure it out. All, all right, right anyway, more shout outs. Anyway, thanks for for Graham coming out. You have more shout outs? Yeah, let's keep going. Starting with Chris Wilkes. Yeah, it's a it's a buzzer beater to beat Notre Dame. Um, he uh, uh, rivalry game. Are we calling it a rivalry game? ESPN was really trying to make this a rivalry game because I don't know if you heard this, Tate. Notre Dame and Digger Phelps beat UCLA to snap the 88-game winning streak. Oh, I thought it was the yeah. Under Armour thing that they were trying to make it the Under Armour Bowl. That's, oh, that's yeah, what I yeah, assumed yeah. that they were just trying to fight over um, that. That's weird. Did you see, by the way, the, the first of all, Digger Phelps calls in, because Walton was calling the game. Walton was on the team that Digger beat to snap the streak. Uh, Bill Walton called it like the worst moment of his life. I never forget it. Um, Digger calls into the game, in the middle of the game. They're calling the game, and then... Digger's on the phone talking to them, calling in. Walton, Walton says, first of all, he calls Digger the devil. <laughs> he said that he thought Digger was dead. Uh, <laughs> and then later, as they go to commercial, they're showing a sign of Bill Walton holding, hold, holding up a sign that says Digger is a wimp. And Walton says, uh, you can change any of those first letters and it's still appropriate. About a man named Digger. What? Your thoughts, Tate. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Now, if you if you want to be uh, you know if you want to be an apologist for Bill Walton and and, and say that he didn't mean it that way, that's a you very say, uh, what, California statement. As, yeah, I, Digger, as, as I like to call him in North Carolina, that's a Digger, California statement. Digger, you don't get away with that, in North Carolina. Digger is a pimp. Is that what he was meaning? Digger is a, a gimp. Um, I don't really. Yeah. Mm. Or was he trying? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Who's to say? That's tough. Also, <laughs> also, I will say this: Digger Phelps, obviously named after you know he used to dig graves. That was his thing. Do you think yeah. he? Do you think he did? He did. did he dig his own grave? Ooh, interesting. <laughs> that should have been the he question. Did. He did. He, Digger Phelps. He got his name because he was the son of a, a funeral guy. Funeral right? home. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so was Jim Beheim. Yeah. Fun exactly. fact. Yeah. Like there, there's a. There's no, they this, talked about it. I'm pretty yeah. sure one time on it's an ESPN weird. thing, and everyone's like, "Man, this is the hardest <laughs> conversation ever." Yeah. Jim Beheim used to like drive the hearse for his family, and yeah, pick up that. Yeah. Fun now time. he just picks up bags of cash in that hearse. Uh, what other shout-outs we have? Uh, Kansas, number one in the AP poll, despite uh, barely beating New Mexico State and Stanford Pre-season at overtime. Preseason number one in the mm-hmm. AP poll, have not lost, and yet it's like the most controversial number one pick because Kansas is just skating by at all times. Skate by New Mexico State, 
most recently. Mm-hmm. I believe that was the most recent. That was the most recent. Game. Yes, yeah, they won by they three. Had, yeah. Uh, and then you got Azubuke, who's out right now. So that's something to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legero Vic is shooting 55.8% from three. There's no way that lasts. That will eventually, there, there's a return to the mean that will come with Legero. So I do feel like there is a chance that Kansas will have some upsets. And guess what game that will be? Saturday, December 15th against Villanova. After they lost to Penn, Quinterly's going to play in that game because it's freshman. It's freshman versus freshman. The backcourt's fine. Okay. He can go against those guys. He knows them. He he's knows Grimes. Yeah, he knows he's Dotson. He's played in AAU a thousand times. Totally fine. Right. Quinterly will play in that game. I think Kansas will lose to Villanova. That'll be their first loss. And it's not a bad loss, but after you lose to Penn, obviously, uh, people will have some thoughts on that. Uh, Kentucky falls 10 spots number 19 after they lost to Seton Hall. Uh, they are 334th in the country against uh, the three-point shot against opponents, so you can only imagine what that's like. And, uh, yeah, tough times. I want to give a shout-out to Buzzcut Brad for following <laughs> my advice in the Marquette game. Um, many people were losing their minds, many, many people, um, saying that Buzzcut Brad punched a guy in the dick as he was curling around a screen on defense. Mm-hmm. I watched the tape, and it was clear as day to me, Tate, that what happened was I, I said it on the podcast a couple weeks ago. The Buzzcut Brad does not have his mojo that he had last year. He was like a, a mythic figure almost, the way he'd pop his shoulder in and out and check back into the game and take charges and hit big shots. I was like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Um, he's kind of lost that mojo, that magic. I said, the way he gets it back is he's got to dislocate his shoulder again. That's the only way we can do this. We have to to get that mat. He's Henry Rowan Gardner. He fixed his arm, and now he can't throw the fastball anymore. We got to break that arm again. And he listened to me, and that's what he, that's exactly what he was doing. You can't t- convince me otherwise. He's curling around the screen. He tried to get his like arm hooked mm. in there mm-hmm. to pop the shoulder out, right? Yes. Like why? I, it's that's clear as it day is. to me. Yes. Um. And then he inadvertently hit a little the bit guy. of gamesmanship there. Yeah. From Brad. Yeah. And then he inadvertently hit the guy in the dick. But like that's collateral damage. Like he was trying. It, he that was not his intent. His intent was to pop his shoulder out so that way he can get his mojo back. Because this was a man who was 0 for three from the floor, 0 for three from the free throw line, four fouls, kind of cost him the game because he. Marquette gets the. It's fruit. like when you do the yeah. reflex on your knee when you get your physical, you know, right. like, like his arm just shot back up. So you can't have it both ways, people. You can't be mad at the guy for trying to get better and help his team, and also be mad at him for punching the guy in the balls because how how is he supposed to help his team unless he's punching the guy in the balls, dislocating his shoulder, and then now going to be good? So you you you're, you're, you're pick a side, guys. Pick That's, a side. Pick a side. And speaking of, you brought up Neil Reed uh, popping his shoulder back in at Indiana. Oh yeah! One time on a podcast, <laughs> yeah, and I was yeah, like, I, don't know, I, don't I was like, I don't know who that is. You yeah, know, the guy that you got choked by. Yeah. Exactly. So I watched the last days of night last night. So I saw that, and they showed him on the sideline popping his shoulder back in, and I'm like, oh, yeah. oh cool. Do you think Knight was trying to help him like pop his neck back in when he choked him? Let me just say, He's like your spines. Let me adjust your spine. Just fucking grab him by the neck. And I then... really enjoy thirty for thirties. Usually, always, mm-hmm. always do. I Thank had no idea that CNN sponsored that 30 for 30 last night. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know it was sponsored content. Had I known that, I probably wouldn't have watched. I uh, Yeah, I've, I've heard not great things about that, Doc. That uh, it's basically just like It's a, basically like, uh, shat- it's like Shattered Glass, yeah. yeah, but starring this reporter yeah. who opens up on himself and closes on himself. I'll probably watch it, but it's just like, I don't think I'm going to learn anything. Like, I, I vividly remember every detail. I, I, could, I could run down every detail of everything. The I only had, thing but. I didn't remember about it was that it was Neil Reed. I didn't Did remember they, his name. That, that oh, was the yeah, only, yeah. I remember when it was all happening and I remember when he had the meeting with the president and the president was like, I'm going to give him one more chance and then he choked the student on campus. You know did what they, I mean? Like that, did that they was, talk about Kent Harvey? Yes. At all, and his, yeah. his, his stepdad, right? They burned him in effigy, yeah. Yeah, and his, his and then they thought like his stepdad was behind it because he was like... Oh, the, the, the new wrinkle that I learned in this last night, Bob Knight believed that CNN <laughs> had North Carolina people working at CNN and that they were upset that they lost in the title game. Yeah. To Indi- or they lost in 84 
to in Indiana. Indiana. Or, no, 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 no. 84, oh, 84 they lost the, the, the Dockage game. Yeah, yeah, yeah they forget. lost the yeah. Dockage. He thought that people at CNN were North Carolina alums that were after him because of the 1980. That's how... Prove him wrong. That's how... Well, that, no, the, the guy, went to, wrong, the guy went to Florida State. It didn't matter. But still... Prove, Great, great PR for us that we would hold a grudge like that for 20 years. But also that shows where Bob Knight, like where his state of mind was, but he was so deep in it that he mm. just was just conjuring up whatever he could to uh, to try to make sense of what was going on. It was it was not a good documentary. The Buster Douglas documentary, mm-hmm. also not good. Okay. <laughs> there's, your, there's your documentary. I, I watched the uh, uh, Simmons, the, the, the surfer one last night. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, I should have watched that I know that nothing one. about surfing, mm-hmm. um, and I know less about surfing after watching it, but it was kind of cool. It's uh, th- Those are my favorite documentaries, are the ones where you know nothing, you get like sucked into this world, and then suddenly you feel like you have opinions on like who the best surfers are and like all this shit. I don't know anything about surfing whatsoever. And um, All I know I is why may Bay. That's the only thing I know. If you yeah. say that to surfers, they're like, okay, or the Muck of Mad Boys, you know, talking about it. It was hilarious. Boys. So there's a lot of times on the dock where they're they're talking about guys as the, they didn't they didn't do it uh, I I don't know, maybe I maybe I'm not allowed to be critical. Um but they they didn't do a great job of like making it accessible for people who didn't know surfing. Like they did like the, there's like this moment where like one guy there's like a moment of controversy and I have no idea what the hell's going on because they're like, and then I can't even explain it because they were using terms I didn't understand. And The way that I would explain the two docs that I watch was uh, I have this project for school in 12th grade and I got to make a little video about it, uh, about what actually transpired. That's pretty Mm, much what it was. It was very interesting. Also, Columbus, Ohio, big shout out for... uh, for Buster Douglas, he's still working he in Columbus, yeah. Ohio. Oh, yeah. He's still at a gym. Yeah. I feel like we should he's go there. He's a Columbus, there. Ohio guy. Yeah, yeah, we should. Let's have him on Teach the pod. Teach people out of box. Uh, a couple more shout outs. Um, I want to give a shout out to Carson Edwards. He dropped forty at Texas. They lost. Purdue lost. Give this man some help. Um, Matt Painter, figure something out. Quaddy Greens might be available. Give him a give him a running mate. Bring back Haas. Javon, Javon Quinterly. Yeah, bring back Haas. What's Haas <laughs> up to? <laughs> Probably still wearing that Utah Jazz shirt we saw him in yeah. eight months ago. Yeah, uh, I want to give a shout out to him. I also want to give a shout out to uh, the, the, speaking of speaking of Indiana. There's this guy who who said he was an Indiana fan. His name is Corey. Um, he emailed me to to point out the existence of Mike Davis's son at Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Davis is now the head, new head coach at Detroit. Um, Detroit Mercy, whatever it is they call themselves, mm-hmm. left Texas Southern. Uh, his son is technically a walk on. I think it's a Doug McDermott situation. Well, Ray like, McCallum was at Detroit. Did the same thing with Ray McCallum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yep. think it's like we can get free tuition anyway, mm-hmm. so we'll make you a walk on, get extra scholarship here. Uh, he's currently averaging twenty seven point four points as a freshman. Pretty crazy. So Pretty he's technically crazy. averaging 27 points a game as a walk-on. Um, but he's also shooting 23.3 shots per game. <laughs> Kobe. Which by, to, to give you some context, Trey Young last year averaged 19.3 shots. He's shooting four times more a game than Trey Young shot. He's shooting about two and a half times more a game than, than Jimmer ever shot in his career. <laughs> but he is averaging 27.4 so shout out to that guy I'm sure the locker room loves that guy I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure he's a big hit in the locker room his dad's like great game tonight son oh man that's interesting uh, one more shout out for me this is my new term that I want to throw at you that's been thrown out for our boy Luca. it's called over seasoning mm. so so oh <laughs> I'm, uh, hold on what yes. what yes so this is the term that has been used that I've seen now on NBA TV Jalen Rose used it the other day so I guess since he played overseas and people say that he's seasoned, they have now oh, I they have was, now combined it, overseasoning. That's oh, the difference. I thought it was because he's like a white guy that doesn't like seasoning and like salt and pepper is like overseasoning. Yes, he you're, wants you're, no salt. You're, you're, <laughs> no salt. Uh, yes, so that is the new thing that they say. And also, Luca plays Trey Young this week, Marvin Bagley this week, and DeAndre Ooh, Aiden this week. DeAndre exciting. Aiden the other night, despite him being the biggest bust, I think, in NBA history, right? NBA so history. Heard, 20 and 12. 
Oh, interesting. interesting. How, how did how? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting. I I don't know. <laughs> the 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 Luka Doncic campaign is going to be a ton of fun all season. For also, us. shout out Virginia, number one scoring defense in the nation. Back to where they belong. Uh, I got a couple more. Uh, Ty's battle hits a game winner to beat Georgetown. Saw that. Uh, yeah, rivalry game. There's a lot of rivalry games that are kind of under the radar. Like BYU Utah happened. Uh, West Virginia Pitt happened. Just some some down years for these programs. How so interesting like, was it that is, that Pitt West Virginia game got no pub? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the, yeah. I feel like the Syracuse Georgetown game like kind of flew under the radar too. And um, Marquette. Wisconsin, I kind of watched it, but uh, yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, VCU, Virginia, there's mm. there's a lot of rivalry <laughs> games going on this week. That, uh, but no, but no rivalry flies under the radar like Cincinnati Xavier, which I I have I don't I it's, every every year that game's played, people tweet at me the article I wrote at Grantland about Cincinnati Xavier. It's like all Cincinnati Xavier fans are like so fucking hyped for it, and rightfully so. And then pretty much nobody else outside of Cincinnati cares, and that's why, honest to God, that sounds like an insult, but that is like why it's my favorite favorite rivalry is because both those teams could, they, they hate each other. If it was one versus two, they would hate each other just as much as if neither one of them had won a game. It's it, it's the most hatred I've ever seen in my life. Isn't it's it awesome funny that like Cincinnati is your Richmond? Like for me, it's yeah. Richmond because like nobody cares other than VCU and Richmond, and then same thing with Cincinnati right, right. Xavier. Even yeah. though VCU Richmond's great. a lot lesser than yeah, those yeah. two, but interesting. Uh, also, we should mention Biggie signed an extension through 2028 to have their tournament in Madison MSG. Square Garden. Yeah, we love that new uh, Big East. New Big, we love the old Big. The, the Big East belongs in Madison Square Garden. Um, that's why Seton Hall beat Kentucky. Old Big, mm-hmm. you get the old Big East in Madison Square Garden. A little bit of mojo in there. Yeah, how are you supposed to beat that? Mm-hmm. You can't. That should. That's really a road game for Kentucky if you think about it. Oh, do, do you want to defend before we go? Do you want to defend your boy Steph? Uh, Steph Curry famously retweeted you one time and then uh, went on a Ringer podcast winging it with your other boy Vince Carter mm-hmm. and said we didn't land on the moon. It's got people losing their minds, Tate. Your thoughts? You're a conspiracy guy. We just we just heard about the Colangelo thing. You you seem to be on board with Knight's theory that Carolina was Look, bringing him down. Rule number one: Defend if, your boy. If Stanley Kubrick is involved in any sort of conspiracy, <laughs> I'm here for it. So the moon landing has always been something I'm into. Uh, <laughs> and and I will say this: both those guys. I mean, PTI did a great job with this. Will mm-hmm. Bond and Tony Kornheiser were just basically like, don't like don't do this basically like believe don't, in science not like, like this if you didn't see something that doesn't mean it, it was, didn't happen like that that, uh, that leads that's a slippery slope to all this the stuff the PTI thing was so it was it was just disappointed dad was oh, the tone it was just like 100% not and like this son. I think Del not Curry like I think if I think if Steph called Del Del would have, have said the same thing to him he was like what are you talking about that's gotta suck though dude like to cause I and, 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 they were just having fun yeah right right the Kyrie thing I the, think the problem is like every I feel like every male under I, I don't even need to qualify with an age I feel like every man in America deeply believes one conspiracy theory. And uh, it, it's hard because we all believe one, but we think the ones that we don't believe are batshit insane. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that the moon thing, but so what happens is like you get in these conversations where you're like talking, cause it's like fun to talk about conspiracy theories. And then you forget that like some of them just, no, just not that one. Like, don't do that one. Do something more fun and, and innocent. And, but I figured out not, how to, how to break up the warriors. Here it is. What? NASA, we put them up there. We send Steph to the moon Ooh, just to check point. it out, and then there we go. And then he recruits the Monstars and brings them back, and then it's really the Monstars. He does the he actually does a moonshot for the first mm. time, despite mm. everyone saying that. Sorry, if, the man has this was all. What if this whole moon thing was like Space Jam two promotion somehow? Interesting. Who has the Makes rights to that? I forgot. All right, we are we are done. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will be back later in the week, Friday. Friday. My back is already feeling horrible, so I'm sure it'll be great by then. All right, see you guys.